as a historian, how the elite media and much of the political establishment refused to try and understand Donald Trump. They have been so rabidly opposed to him, so ideologically committed to left-wing values, and so terrified of the future that they haven't stopped and considered how extraordinary his success has been. President Trump is one of the most remarkable individuals to ever occupy the White House. His set of practical business experiences and lack of traditional political governmental experiences make him a unique president. President Trump is the first person to be elected president without having first served in public office or as a general in the military. He defeated more than a dozen other Republicans in the primary, many of whom were first-class candidates, governors, senators, business leaders, physicians, etc. He defeated a multi-billion dollar campaign machine for Hillary Clinton. He defeated the mainstream media, which opposed him at every turn. And he did this without an army of political consultants or spending hundreds of millions of dollars on TV ads. The first few months of his presidency have been a whirlwind of activity, and he has already enacted enormous change. He has experienced victories as well as defeats. One thing I have learned about Donald Trump is that he learns very fast, and that the speed at which he operates optimizes his learning. So one of the most fascinating aspects of his presidency will be how he overcomes the gaps in his institutional government knowledge. Trump's background could not be more different from my own. He is a very successful businessman with a knack for branding, marketing, and management. His abilities have made him both a billionaire and a household name. I am an Army brat who earned a Ph.D. in history to learn how to help America solve its problems. I have a fair amount of the political, legislative, and governmental experience that the president does not have. President Trump and I met a few times casually before getting to know one another, once in 1997 at a speech in New York and in 2008 when he hosted the West Palm Beach Zoo Gala at Mar-a-Lago, his Palm Beach resort. But we really became acquainted in 2009 after Callista and I joined Trump National in Potomac Falls, Virginia. The club is a classic Trump success story. The bank had taken over the old Lowe's Island course after it went broke. As usual, the bank was a bad manager, and the course had decayed and lost value. When the time was right, Trump stepped in and bought it at a fraction of what it was really worth. This smart business move earned Trump the only golf course in the Potomac River. It had a magnificent view from the clubhouse and enormous potential. It's been a great place for Clifton and me to decompress and golf ever since. In 2011, I was preparing to run for president, so I made a trip to Trump Tower. Donald was generous with his time, happy to discuss the campaign, and gave me several Trump ties, which he pointed out were longer than standard ties and had become the best-selling ties in America. We took a picture together, and he encouraged a number of his friends to help my campaign. In the end, as a pretty good calculator of the odds, Trump endorsed Mitt Romney, but we remained friends and even campaigned together for Mitt. By 2014, it was clear Trump was getting interested in running for president himself. We were together at a day-long conservative conference in New Hampshire, sponsored by my good friend Dave Bossy of Citizens United. Trump had come up from New York in his helicopter. He made a speech, and before he left, he took Dave's kids up for a short flight. It occurred to me then that offering a helicopter ride was a method of building support 
which few candidates have. Finally, in January 2015, Callista and I were in Des Moines, Iowa for the Freedom Summit, hosted by Dave Bossie and Congressman Steve King of Iowa. Trump was staying at the downtown Marriott, and so were we. The night before the conference, Trump called Callista and me to ask if we could have breakfast the next day. Of course, we agreed. It was classically Trump. He led the conversation with a couple of great real estate war stories in which he was successful. Then he got down to business. For 45 minutes, he asked Callista and me questions about our experience running for president. Then, at the end, he asked me what I thought it would cost to run a campaign from startup to the South Carolina primary. I began to lay out what I thought. I told him he had to run a national campaign, or the news media and the voters would not take him seriously. I also told him he needed to plan to run in Iowa and New Hampshire and ran through various things.